As he entered the game for the Washington Nationals in the bottom of the sixth inning of the seventh game of the World Series in 2019, Patrick Corbin was already faced with a two-run deficit from the Nationals. He had three innings to turn that around for his team to win the first championship in season history. Patrick Corbin's past postseason performances had been subpar and inconsistent. Corbin's first postseason relief appearance was a disaster. He allowed six runs and got only two outs against the Dodgers in the Game 3 of the National League District Series. And his last two starts didn't go great either, allowing eight runs in 11 innings. His other three appearances were nearly flawless, though, pitching only two and two-thirds innings, allowing one hit and striking out five batters. Two leads preserved and one tie game that remained tied. The pressure of the preseason also weighed on Corbin. The Nationals had the second-worst bullpen in the National League, casting a 5.68 earned run average, only marginal better than the Orioles' 5.79 ERA. The extended series had exhausted majority of the pitchers, and Corbin had become the best option available. After Max Scherzer battled through the first five innings, Nationals manager Dave Martinez went to Corbin to help prevent a two-run deficit from going any larger. The first batter he faced, Jake Marcinic, shot a single to left field. Corbin then retired eight of the next nine batters he faced to get Washington through the eighth inning. The Nationals scored three runs in the seventh inning and another run in the eighth inning to turn a 2-0 deficit into a 4-2 lead. So Corbin did exactly what Martinez asked him to do. He prevented a very good Astros lineup from tacking on insurance runs. No team in baseball punished lefty pitchers more during the regular season than Houston. For the first time ever in the 2019 MLB World Series, the road team won every game in the seven-game series. Why, though? That's why I'm curious. The theory of home field advantage is very common in sports for many reasons. For one, every stadium in the major league is not the same. The shape of the fields can be different. For example, in the old Yankee Stadium, there was a short right terrace which favored lefty batters. Or the green monster in the left field of Fenway Park, which created a new height challenge to account for the shorter left field, forcing batters to get under the ball. There is no question of turf versus field versus grass fields. There is also an assumption that the ball will move quicker on turf over grass, so the reaction time of fielders would have to be quicker. The weather of the home stadium could have an impact on player performance as well. In the mile-high city of Denver, Colorado, the air is considerably thinner than most parts of the continental United States and Toronto, which makes it easier for the balls to travel farther and quote-unquote out of the park. Therefore, home runs tend to be inflated in the Colorado Rockies course field. Then there are cities, too, that are hot during the summer months, like Miami Marlins, Tampa Bay Rays, and Houston Astros, just to name a few, and have roofs to enclose the stadium and air conditioning. Tracking the ball against the white background can be very difficult for outfielders, though, and may cause unnecessary errors. There are 81 home games for every team during the MLB season, not to mention the countless hours of practice and warm-up that goes on in these facilities. Players, therefore, can get used to the speed of the turf, find ways to track the ball along the field, or simply become more comfortable in a place they see and experience almost every day. Players become comfortable in a space they know when it is their own. 
The comfortability lowers the nerves and raises the confidence, perhaps even enhancing the performance. When it comes to home field advantage, though, audience support is one of the top influences on a team's success. Particularly at home, the crowd is predominantly supportive, possibly contributing to reported home field advantage. The cheers from 50,000 adoring fans would be enough to motivate anyone. The crowd noise alone can be enough to raise one's ambition and excitement for the game. For some, though, heckling is a motivating factor, forcing players to quote-unquote get angry, release their frustration, and prove their worth. Psychological effects, especially in the individualized, specialized sport of baseball, are immense. What one player responds well to might not motivate another player in the same way. So, although organizational communication and team effects are extremely important, there is something about the individual. Like the case with Patrick Corbin, there are often spotlight moments in the sport of baseball, a single player with the weight of the moment on his shoulders, the pitcher facing the batter, the batter stepping up to the plate, the outfielder tracking the ball against the sunlight, the pressure of the eyes of everyone in the stadium on you, the faint cheers or boos from the crowd, and the responsibility you owe to your team to perform in that moment. The pressure only builds when it comes to the postseason in the World Series. The player's individual habits might be a contributor to performance as well. For example, in in the sport of baseball, each player is equipped with a walk-up song, a song personal to them that inspires, excites, and motivates them as they step to the plate. They can tune, keep the tune and lyrics in their head when facing a pitcher and feeling the pressure of the camera's eyes and expectations from their teammates. Superstitions are also very common when it comes to sports and performance. For example, in the 2016 World Series matchup, the Red Sox did not shave their beards and it became a benchmark for the team. Some players need to eat the same thing before a match or game. Perhaps one might perform their stretching routine in the exact order every practice and every game. Some might choose not to wash their jerseys because they feel it will wash the luck away. These superstitions, again, offer comfort to the player that they can and will perform at their best because no external factors will affect them negatively. All... They must focus on the task at hand. All these factors contribute to the common assumption of home field advantage. However, little research has been conducted on the combination of these effects. Through the literature, I've been able to extrapolate on the relationships between individual practices, team habits, feedback loops from crowd effects, and the home home field advantage conundrum. During this most recent 2020 season, the COVID-19 pandemic prohibited MLB clubs from allowing fans in their stadiums, as well as many other sports leagues. The absence of fans provides an interesting control factor here. Although the shorter season could perhaps skew the results because there is a smaller sample size of games to consider and contribute to the data set, there is a lot of interesting factors to consider or lack thereof, as they relate to both team and player performance in the pandemic. For example, many sports have been pumping in crowd noise to create a sense of normalcy for both players and fans. In a recent broadcast of NFL Sunday Night Football, though, the announcers noted the maximum crowd noise the speakers could produce was a 70 decibel level, whereas during a normal season game, the human crowd noise could get up to 120 decibels. The Seattle Seahawks have referred to their fans as the 12th man because their noise level and presence in the stadium is as intimidating as having an extra player on the field. Therefore, the essential question of home field advantage and the crowd effect of cheering on player performance is increasingly interesting in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. Cornea and Coron in 1990 performed a study 
and defined the home field advantage as the consistent finding that home teams in sports competition will win over 50% of the games played under a balanced home and away schedule. For example, they found in basketball based on 13,686 matches, the home winning percentage was 64.4%, as well as in soccer where over 40,000 matches were played teams experienced a home field winning percentage of 68.3%. It is clear that home field advantage exists in baseball and in many other sports as well, and I would like to use Davidson as a case study for this. I'm setting out on this podcast to bridge the gap between my degree in communication studies and my interest in sports. Plus, it is an added bonus to get to learn from my friends and peers about their time and experiences at Davidson. Over the next few weeks, I will be sitting down with the captains of the football team, the swimming team, the basketball team, and the field hockey team for the qualitative approach to home field, pool, and court advantage. Thank you for listening.